Welcome to The Guest Cast, the podcast that explores guest stories from real people and looks at how an interaction with hospitality during travel can affect a guest's whole life. This podcast is brought to you by Touchstay Digital Guidebooks. As leaders in the hospitality space, we want to dig into real guest experiences to learn about what really makes an impact on them, however good or bad the experience is. Introducing your Touchstay hosts, Hi friends, I'm Tyann Marsink-Hammond, and I am a vacation rental industry leader, educator, longtime host, owner, property manager, and investor, as well as the community ambassador for Touchday Digital Guidebooks. Hi, my name's Andy. I'm the CEO here at Touchday. We started Touchday to improve guest experiences. So having a podcast in which we get to hear from real guests is something I'm personally very excited about. So pack your bags and let's join your hosts and this week's guest. Welcome back, listeners, to the next episode of the Guest Cast. This one I'm kind of quite tickled about because we've got Julie Dean from the Cambridge Satchel Company. And Julie, Julie and I have um, a, a former life together um, in a work sense uh, where I did some consulting for the Cambridge Satchel Company and came to realise that Julie is one of life's characters in the very best possible sense. And... Um, Therefore, I'm quite excited about what Julie has to tell us about her story. So rather than me tell the listeners who you are, Julie, and your background, do you want to give us a quick overview? Yes, yes, I will give you an overview. Um, So I now, I founded the Cambridge Satchel Company 12 years ago, and I am still the CEO, in title only, I'd say. I'm not really very much of a CEO, but anyway. Um, I'm also the entrepreneur in residence for the British Library. And, um, and I do lots of random things that actually makes life a lot more exciting. But um, anyway, that's me. You've got a story to tell, I think. I have, I have. And so um, ever since the children, they love being called children now that they're <laughs> 19 and 22. Uh, the, the children and I have always enjoyed traveling and um, it's just been, a very important part of our lives to see that there's more than one path you can take. So not to get too worked up if you don't know exactly how your life is going to turn out, because you've seen loads of different ways of living and loads of people being happy living in those different ways. And so they've we we went to Borneo because I wanted to find a bearded pig on a beach and um, <laughs> we, did, <laughs> we did that. And um, the American Dude Ranch we go to. Um, every year and and we just love experiences so I think that um, the the one instance I'm I'm thinking of was obviously not last autumn because that was um, COVID season um, but the autumn before and I think that my daughter had forgotten how much I love really strange experiences as part of <laughs> travel plans when she asked me, uh, could we possibly go on a trip? Because she had the, the midterm break um, and she goes to university up in Scotland. So obviously it's very cold and dark for lots of the year. And so she wanted some sun. And uh, so I thought Marrakesh sounded very sunny and sounded very colorful and sounded like an exciting place. Uh, I was enthusiastic. She was enthusiastic. I got the thumbs up. And so I booked, it was only about four nights um, in Morocco. 
And I, I think that at this point, it's fair to say that we, we both signed up to a trip, but uh, we had very different ideas of <laughs> what that trip would look like. And um, being I was the one who was planning and paying for it, <laughs> I got the trip <laughs> that was in my vision. <laughs> uh, Emily was thinking that we would have some really nice days uh, in a nice hotel in Morocco where the sun would shine and uh, she would lay for vast quantities of time by a pool. <laughs> we probably waited on hand and foot while she sort of read books that uh, were related to her course. But I'm not really very much of a pool person um, or, a, or a beach person. And so in my mind, I was thinking, let's see the real Morocco. This will be fantastic. And so um, I was very excited. We, we arrived at the airport in Marrakesh hopped into a car. I gave the address of the place we were staying. Um, the man looked really confused. <laughs> he called <laughs> three people before they started giving him directions. Uh, and then we sat in the back of this, this car and uh, we were in, after an hour and a half, <laughs> uh <-oh>. <laughs> <laughs> Emily um, said, do you think we're nearly there? Uh, like all kids do. Are we nearly there yet? <laughs> do you think we're nearly there? She said, because um, I haven't actually seen a human person for uh, about 20 minutes and <laughs> I'm beginning to wonder where we're going. And so we were heading into the uh, Atlas Mountains to this really small hotel. It had, um, I think it's five or six rooms. And it was the kind of hotel that for people old enough to remember Scooby-Doo, you know, it, it was very reminiscent of a yeah. Scooby-Doo type hotel where there are only three people that work there. And it's <laughs> and creepy. It, exactly. <laughs> and there's no swimming pool for Emily. No, there was a lovely swimming oh. pool. There was a lovely swimming pool. <laughs> and we arrived and... Um, we found that they spoke very, very little English, and that was fine because I had my um, sort of my very rusty French and Emily, but Emily was studying French at uni, so, so that was fine. And the only sound outside was sort of jingle of um, goat bells. <laughs> <laughs> so there's definitely no sort of um, great entertainment or anything. And it was, to me, I thought, oh, what a haven. This is marvelous. Yeah. Uh, and I think that Emily was looking around thinking, oh, <laughs> what the heck is this? <laughs> are, we, are we here for a, a long time? Um, <laughs> and it was, <laughs> it was an absolutely brilliant hotel because they just, they, they didn't give us really much choice of what we had to eat at any meal. Uh, and it was not always something that we would recognize or that our French was good enough to, to understand. But I love that. You know, I love going places and eating things that you wouldn't have normally. I don't want to go all the way to Morocco and then somebody sort of stump up a beef wellington or something. You know, I, d I just yeah. don't want to do that. Um, so we were very, very happy with that. Um, and, and, and sorry to interrupt, do, do you know to this day what the stuff that you were eating? Well, not all of it, but I mean, I'm alive and well, so it wasn't bad. <laughs> so, exactly, yeah, yeah, that's the final test, yeah. <laughs> when you looked at the stuff in front of you, you didn't know what it was. Was there any hesitation? To no. No? 
we were pretty hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Basic needs. I guess when your choice is this or nothing. Yes, and um, and then they had a very very limited sort of drinks menu that that came. Um, so we just decided, oh look, there are about four different things, and so we will will have one each night and work our way through the list and find out, you know, if any of them we liked, which was which was really good. Um, it, it was a very welcoming hotel. It was not very used to having foreign people. Um, I think that the, just the, the sheer quantity of light that bounces off my skin with my complete lack of <laughs> tan was dazzling to them. <laughs> it was dazzling to Emily as well. Um, uh, but we went into the town it wasn't really a town. It was, it was sort of like um, there. There was some some place that sold uh, crafts, and then there was a place that had um, Coca Cola, and you could go and drink it on the roof if you wanted to. And we did want to because there was a sort of a lack of entertainment generally. And and we went up this staircase, spiral staircase, which anywhere else. Would have just been called the fire escape but you know we just <laughs> onto the roof and they they hadn't secured the stairs to the floor in any way so so it's quite exciting to <laughs> get onto this um flat roof and when we got onto the flat roof there was um one one person one one man on this roof having a coca-cola and <laughs> we sat at our table and being british you know we just kept to ourselves and yeah. And then he he stood up and picked up his sort of plastic chair and just came to our table and <laughs> smacked it down and started talking to us. And, and he explained that, you know, he was a guide and he had actually been a guide that had taken some um, Scandinavian people up into the mountains, but then one of them had been murdered. Had we read Kaji, that was three years ago. And, and so that didn't make us feel brilliant. Um, but he did then say, um, would you like to see where all of the clay crafts are made? So we thought, yes, of course we would. And so he had a brother that would pick us up in a car the next day. And uh, we could go and make these clay bowls. And so obviously, in my head, by this stage, I am thinking of ghost. You know, I'm thinking the whole Patrick Swayze sort of thing, and it was going to be wonderful. And in my head, I was going to produce this, I mean, completely beautiful urn-like, you know, object. <laughs> it wasn't going to be a bowl. It was going to be, you know, something amazing. Yeah. Um, and Emily was going to sort of produce some, some figurine. And I was trying to describe this figurine that I thought she could produce. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> there was some doubt. Um, <laughs> yeah. But the next day we did, we, we went to this, village, this Berber village, which was absolutely incredible. And, and everybody there was um, involved in this, these production of tagine. This is where these tagine were made. And it wasn't really like ghost um, was, the, <laughs> was the first thing that, that sort of leapt out at me. They were the, the loveliest people and they gave us more mint tea than I've ever drunk in my life. Um, and, and then said, would you like to make one of these, these, you know, tagine, this couscous bowl? 
And I thought, would I ever, you know, just yeah. <laughs> try to stop me. <laughs> and and they took us sort of to this place where they could make them. And it was, it, it was, there were just two holes in the ground, one for me and one for Emily, and there's a wheel at the bottom. So it took more coordination to spin the wheel and try to do something creative with my hands than I was expecting. It was a lot harder than I was expecting. Um, and we've both come back with these most, the most ugly things. I don't know, it's, it might be, it might be a bowl, it might be a plate, it might be a bit of a mug. It's so, not pride of place somewhere on a mantelpiece. Actually, it has. The oh. two of them are, are in one of the main rooms downstairs nice. because um, we just had such a, a fantastic time. And then we'd take another tour um, uh, to see how people who actually could do this really well, well enough to produce things that other people would pay money for. Mm. Um, and, and it was just amazing. It was absolutely amazing. And they were the loveliest people and then they they made these this lunch. Um, obviously, they couldn't use our tagines because ours weren't dried. You know, they they hadn't been <laughs> fired. So obviously, we, we <laughs> cook them in ours. That's the only reason they. Otherwise, didn't. they would obviously. have done it straight. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> straight. Yeah, I could see his enthusiasm. But um, so they they cooked us this absolutely phenomenal um, sort of lunch there, uh, and then we went back. And when we went back we had been invited for tea by the man who runs the craft shop. And we'd made friends with him after our Coca-Cola on the roof. <laughs> and uh, when, when we went round, again, the hospitality was just absolutely fantastic. And he gave us, uh, well, we're British, so you know we'd call it tea. There, it wasn't sort of like builder's tea that we would have. It was just this really nice um, mint yeah. tea thing. And these pastries that he and his wife had made and, and they were just so lovely to us. They were absolutely so lovely. But then he started showing us all of the things for sale in his craft shop. And there seemed to be a really strange number of these little clay pigs. Yeah, pigs. So I, I, I thought like mountain pigs, these will be very nice. And so we tried to have this conversation in not amazing French on my part. Mm. And he said, yes, these are the animals that live around here, very special animals. And I said, oh, I love animals. I want to take photos of these special animals. How do I find them? And, and he sort of pointed towards the mountains. He said, they come out at night. And I thought, I've got a torch on my iPhone. <laughs> I will go back and <laughs> charge my phone. And I will take my camera and I will corner one of these pigs and I will take a photo of it and sort of, um, and, and then that would make me really, really happy. So we, we had dinner at the Scooby-Doo um, Hotel and the receptionist who was then the waiter by that stage, because it was that time of day, um, asked what we were going to do after, after dinner. And um, I said, we are going to photograph the mountain pigs. Yeah. And um, he sort of looked really, really blank. And so I did the, you know, the international sort of, you know, noise, the pig noise, the pig noise. And I, I think that cast a significant amount of light on it. So he, he sort of, you could see that he registered what I meant. And then I said, we will go after dinner and I showed him just how powerful the torch on my iPhone was, you know, so he needn't worry as we headed into the mountains to, to look at these things. And 
And he was just looking more horrified by the second, I think, more horrified by the second. And I was looking and um, sort of asked him really sort of poor French, you know, what is your problem? <laughs> you know, <laughs> this is, this is un bon idée. <laughs> 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 and so he, he, he hurried off to the computer in the, in the reception area in the office and he was typing furiously away. And then he said, come, 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 come. And um, so we went and looked at this image that he brought up on his screen. And it was the most terrifying looking wild boar type thing with tusks that were really scary. And then he, he started saying how some of the bigger ones of these, because I was, I was saying, don't worry, don't worry. Um, I can run away. It's a very small pig. I am not afraid of this thing. <laughs> <laughs> and he started saying, it's, he, he, was, he was gabbling away and getting really, really sort of agitated. And so Emily, whose French is much better, looked at me and she said, um, he says it can be the size of a small donkey. <laughs> and then we started you know questioning maybe we should just um not do this expedition <laughs> maybe we should take the advice of this local person who knows <laughs> yeah we will take the the advice of this fine man who tells us not to do it and um and and just go back and and buy one of these sort of uh, little clay pigs <laughs> from the shop and and boost the local economy and do that and then we had a we had a fantastic day doing that and then we had a fantastic day going into um marrakesh and to the square and to the market it was a bit of a um a long trip in the car but you but, know but lovely. wait Julie, yes. if you don't yes. mind no go ahead I, i've been wanting to ask the question mm. you like had complete faith and trust in this strange man who... he's not a strange man he's ahmed my friend uh, ahmed your friend now he yes. was this strange man. <laughs> um, and you said we're British, so we tend to be a bit kind of like we don't interact without there being a good reason. But secondly, you're two women in this like weird place. And I... I, I we are women of the world. You're women. <laughs> we are women of the world. We're on an expedition. But these days people are so anxious about travel and about... Um, the bad things that can happen when you go away and I, and I was listening to you there and thinking like there was no there was, that never came into your discussion never in your story there did you say and we were a bit suspicious about who this guy was you were like almost instantly yes we're in we're gonna we're do in. we're gonna do we're this yeah. even, like, even after is, he told you that someone was murdered on his previous tour you still said yes yeah but it wasn't him that did it <laughs> you know, cut the guy a break. It wasn't him, did it? <laughs> but, I'm still, I, but same with Andy. It's he's told you, yeah, these are bad things that have happened, and I don't know you. And hey, let's have a coke now. I'll take you on a tour. Yeah, that's cool. So it doesn't. So because I have this thing as well about I'm not big on on, on the idea of doing the traditional share a, a room share a a home Airbnb thing. Like I, got, I like to have my separate place. And it's not because I think they're an ax murder or anything. It's just because there's this, this, this thing where you're in a stranger's home and it's not like, so, you, but you didn't, you embraced this guy. No, I love that. I yeah. love that. You was know, it like an intuition that you were just, you know, he's all right, he's gonna be fine. Yeah, he was fine. Yeah. He was fine. We, I, we went on a trip to 
South Africa a few years ago and we found equally this amazing, this lovely, lovely guy who, who took us on this long, long tour around by the Cape and, um, and, and down to see the penguins and stuff. <laughs> and his thing was that um, Sam, and, and Sam's thing is that he played Phil Collins all the time. That was the, <laughs> that was the thing about him that I can't now listen to like a Phil Collins song without being back in that car with, with Sam going around in, in South Africa. But um, no, he's a lovely person, lovely person. And, and it, was, it was really nice because then, you know, he's got this relative who's got the car and does the, the tours and, and, and stuff. And um, he, he drove us into Marrakesh. Um, where this this incredible just that that incredible square you know and they've they've got all the strange things going on there's a man with snakes and i got to put a snake around my neck and then emily took a photo and said somewhat cuttingly i'm going to put this i'm going to save this photo in my album my mother with strange creatures <laughs> 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 she could have done with the long tusked beastly thing well i know exactly well. exactly yeah. you know if she hadn't been so so sort of like exactly. about the whole thing yeah. like it's the size of a small donkey well a small donkey could be very small couldn't it i think she backed <laughs> out with that with that reason um and we we again just explored and spoke to the people in shops and said you know I am je suis un tourist. <laughs> I bet they didn't see that one coming. Yes, I am a tourist. Uh, you know, if you are a tourist, what would you do? And they would sort of send us to different sort of places around um, in the in the markets and and all this kind of. And we just saw the most incredible secret covered garden. And then we went down some stairs into a basement, and there was a, a man there who his name is Rafik, and uh, Rafik sells these absolutely incredible, so like strange objects is all I can say. Strange objects. I'm looking, it's like an Aladdin's cave of strange objects. And so we're going around and uh, looking at these things and I absolutely fell in love with this large wooden carved mountain lion I said to, to Emily, look, this will remind us of our time, you know, in the Atlas Mountains. And oh, did Emily sort of take a picture for her Strange Creatures with Mother album? No, those are, that's solely sort of living creatures that could have killed my mother, <laughs> you know, when she sort of interacted with them. That is a different one. <laughs> and so there's this amazing mountain lion and um, it's it's all carved by the Berber people. And with these brass plates on it with all of this sort of metal work. Amazing, it's so beautiful. So I'm getting very excited about it. Emily is pointing out, you know, how exactly are you thinking of getting that back? You know, because yeah, it's, not, it, it's, yeah, it's not gonna go on the plane. Um, so I thought it would be a really good idea to buy it. Um, and it's eight feet long. And, and so she says, no, we are not buying it, <laughs> but what I did was I took a photo of it 
and I also took a photo of the um, the card at the entrance of the shop. Uh-huh. And I thought, ha ha, you're going back to university, and then I'm going to run rampant. <laughs> I'm going to get. I'm going to get my mountain lion if it's the last thing I do. So that was for me one of the big um, interests of the year of lockdown was I had a map out and I was tracing the progress of my mountain lion as it came from Marrakesh by van. Terrific. To, yeah, to Cambridge. Yeah, and did actually, um, get, did actually get the mountain lion. I did. But you didn't have the experience of haggling because that's what you do, isn't it, in Marrakesh, don't you no, haggle? Uh, but the, this was the other thing. So when I got back, I, I sort of Googled this place and yes, he does have an email. And um, so I started talking to this person then called Sharif. And so Sharif was, was really, he did remember the excitement around the mountain lion. And I said, how can I get this to Cambridge? And he said, strangely, my cousin is bringing our van full of other things to France. And so Cambridge is quite close. <laughs> um, and so we thought, yes, this will be a really, really good idea. And um, so, yes, I went ahead and, and I made an unauthorized purchase. <laughs> and I thought, well, this is going to take a while to arrive, so I don't need to sort of mention anything. And I even had this place sort of all, all figured out. It was going to be on this ledge above the fridge in the kitchen um, because I thought it's a mountain lion, so it needs to be up high on a ledge so it would feel at home as it looked down on people and, and people in the kitchen would have a bit of a surprise as they looked up and saw this giant mountain lion <laughs> above the fridge. Um, and, and so I did, and he is, he's, he's almost eight feet long if you take his whole tail tip, you know, nose to tail tip. Uh, All right, we need, a fo- we need a photo of that. Yeah, definitely. I will send you a photo of that. Yeah, and he's yeah. the most marvelous. And, when um, Sharif's um, cousin, or I don't know what kind of relative it was, when he arrived with the mountain lion, and he, poor man, he had been stuck in France for absolutely ages in the port, and then there was a customs clearance issue, and then there was, oh, crikey. But anyway, the, the lion arrived, and this man was the tallest man I have ever come across in my entire life um, and so he was he was fine to help me my son was home and he was very surprised because he'd never <laughs> seen this lion <laughs> and he helped um, put the lion on the ledge and when the lion went on the ledge there's literally just a couple of inches either side of his paws um, otherwise he wouldn't have fit and I'd have need to have got uh, a bigger fridge to put him above he was meant to be there all the yes. time Absolutely. Yeah. And I just think that that is just the beauty of going and, and traveling. And I think that all of the, the most memorable things of that trip um, are not present when things are, are polished to within an inch of their lives, you know, and, and if you do go and visit, what a blessing it is, what an absolute blessing if your hosts are saying, oh, this is where we like to eat. You know, this is what we like to eat. This is what we like to do. Because then you sort of get a, a real taste of the place. Um, and, and then you feel like you've really experienced the place. Julie, I have a question. 
earlier, you had mentioned how you were at this rooftop, you were in this village and you just felt such warmth and hospitality. Yes. Anything specifically that happened that really heightened that versus another place you've been to? Yeah, I think people are generally very friendly. I think people are, are really friendly, especially if you make a bit of an effort. You know, the, the French might be bad, but at least we made the effort, you know, and, um, and because we do love our traveling so much, we, we really are open to, you know, oh, one of these pastries, what's in them, you know, after you've already put it in your mouth. <laughs> 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 what, what's in them oh gosh wouldn't have expected that too late <laughs> no, too late um and and it's this not overthinking it i think you know that there's just there's there's a show over here that this below decks it's a really trashy show on tv i haven't seen that uh, no, it's too Should trashy. I? Should I? No, well, yes. Yeah, you should, <laughs> but never be foolish enough to admit it. But it's one of these super yachts and they go on charters and all these, you know, very wealthy people go on and they, they're on this super yacht for three days and they go, seems to be between Naples and Capri. Um, and the one thing that I, I really think, what a blooming shame, you know, is they go on and they they just have such a preconceived idea of what they want to eat, what they want to see, what they want to, and how do you even know before you get there? You know, how do you even know that they do maybe an incredible pizza, but it's in a back alley in Naples somewhere, you know, and it, you, can, you can make something such a sanitized, sterile experience that really you've, you may as well have just gone anywhere. You've just gone mm. somewhere where there's a bit of sun and maybe you didn't need to do the washing up. You mm. know, whereas just going and, and having that sense of wonderment and looking and just thinking, this is amazing. You know, what's that man over there drinking? That looks interesting. I'll have one of those. You know, it, it, and, and just experiencing it, I think is just such a gift. It's quite interesting. It's quite interesting because we we usually talk about what hosts can do to make a better get guest experience. But what you've described there is the psychology of the guest. Like you can't, as much as you you can't, you know, lead that horse to water, lead that guest to water. You know, they're not going to do anything unless they're really engaged and want to. So it's almost like it needs to be the guest that sort of embraces this idea of doing something. And I think it might be nice if hosts sort of stated we would love to share our city with you you know if they want to interact with the guests rather mm. than stand a long way back and let them get on with it yeah. you know just so that you've got a, a, a really good kind of guest host match yeah you know to say oh we would love to take you to see where um we we make donuts you know, and you can watch the donuts being made. And so that you get the kind of person who's going to appreciate that. You yeah, know, yeah. I think yeah. that's the thing. Did, did you, because that, that's, that's a point which I think is so important, is that you, you described it perfectly, the guest-host match. So 
And very often staying in these weird and wonderful places is a bit of a lottery because you don't really know what you're going to get when you get there. It's not like a three or four star hotel where you know what it's going to be. It can just be, well, it could be nothing like it was set up to be. But if you can communicate as a host very clearly through your Airbnb listing or the words you use, exactly what they might expect when they get there, the type of person you are, you qualify those that want to be that and those that don't want to be that. Yeah, so if they sort of say, we live on the premises, but you will never see us. And this room is set up for someone who loves technology and everything is spotless and clean. Somebody, you know, would swipe right on that one. I would give that left, get rid of it, (laughs) gone. (laughs) You know, I don't want to go somewhere and, and, not meet the person whose home I'm interesting or you know I want to to go there and just talk to them about well where do the locals go you know where do the locals go to eat um what is the the what are the top three things that you would say are the things not to miss if somebody uh, a really good friend of yours who had never been to your hometown before came to visit you what would you want to show them yeah. And, and it might not be the things in the in the guidebooks or on TripAdvisor because TripAdvisor is fantastic, but it, it there's, you know, such a huge diversity of people on there. You you just want that niche person. And if by reading the profile, you think this is the host that is going to have the place that I'm interested in yeah. because he's going to take me to walk an alpaca on my first day. That's what I want. You're You're guaranteed a great trip. Yeah. Where did you find the hotel, the one in the Atlas Mountains? (laughs) On about the fourth page of when I was Googling hotels in Marrakech. Uh, So you didn't didn't use like a booking.com or a TripAdvisor or anything like that. You just searched it up. Yeah, I like like sort of having a good old roam around and reading things. I will have a look at um, some of the TripAdvisor ones. I will have a look at that and and some of the reviews, but the people who review places, not usually my kind of people. And I I think it's it's quite an interesting um, switch in marketing strategy if you're you're the owner of of an accommodation. Um, I don't want to be on page one. I want to be on page two of Google because I want to attract the people people who aren't interested in the obvious stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And and you want somewhere that's going to have like a little web page or something and say, this is the place to come if you like dogs, because I've got six, you know, Um, and and these are, why would you not want to say, because there are people who would love that, who will be delighted to find that. And there were people be, be, absolutely appalled to find that and they'll say they've got a fur allergy or they're you know mm-hmm. sort of like I don't know they're they're just intrinsically disliking of animals or something and mm-hmm. and you just need that match to be right I think mm-hmm. and and so if you feel like you've got somewhere that's a really you know just say this is a really in this is a place for interesting people mm-hmm. if you're quirky you will love this yeah and this is why. And I think that that boldness of, of saying what you feel you can offer that is different and unique, that's that's going to appeal to to people who are true travelers. Yeah, I think that's a, I think it's a really good. And I think especially not, not so much the hotel world, but especially the Airbnb, the sort of the holiday rental world where there's a there's an 
uh, there's a there's way more demand than there is supply of places. So you can afford to stand out there and say something that you think ordinarily would put a whole bunch of people off, but yeah. you get still a load of people that are a right fit for that. Yeah. Yeah, you just want to have the right fit. Yeah, zeroing in on exactly your target guest. Then you have happier guests because you hit exactly what they're wanting versus what everyone wants. And like you said, Julie, there's, you don't get that bland experience either. Yeah, no, you do. You want to go to that place where you just think that is so weird. I love that. (laughs) Um, Julie, what have you learned about yourself in this trip? Um, I think there is, there's nothing more, I don't nothing more exciting. Nothing makes me happier than trying something new, you know, and sometimes I'm horrific at it. <laughs> I, I really thought <laughs> until about five years ago, I honestly, honestly thought that I had a secret gift for surfing. I would go surfing and literally everybody on the beach would stop what they were doing and just think, wow. And then I tried it <laughs> and I'm just absolutely really awful. At Wait, it. but everyone did stop on the beach. And go, <laughs> yes. wow. Yeah, that part did pan out. They weren't, it was sort of still a wow kind of thing, but it was like, what? And I was just, I was just amazed that this belief that I'd held really firmly for a very long time, it's like, how could this be? How could this be? <laughs> and so I think there are certain things that, you know, I realize I have learned um, that I might hold something very certainly in, in my head as these are definitely true. And then I try them and they're definitely not true. Mm. <laughs> and then some things you think, oh my gosh, look, sit, sit and, and try to make some plaited bracelet with, with beads and horsehair. I'm never going to have a good time. Had a great time. Who knew? <laughs> you know, and I think that I'm, I feel very lucky that I have an open enough mind that I do want to try these things because in my experience, Things that I am certain of are, are often things that didn't work mm. out for me. And the things that I really didn't fancy at all have turned out to be totally brilliant. And I think that, you know, if you can travel and and just go with this willingness to, to just try different things, you'll just be amazed, amazed. I think um, there's a bit of a life lesson there, isn't there? Um, try new stuff. Try new stuff with confidence, you know? Try new stuff with gusto and an yeah. open mind. Yeah, yeah. And, and rely on your intuition, because I think that's one of the things that I've kind of picked up here, although you haven't explicitly said that. You didn't at all worry about the strange man and these no. experiences. It was just, you knew, you kind of knew. Um, and I wouldn't say we blindly go into stuff, but, you know, you, it's you know. A very, you it's a very sad thing to think that you... <clears throat> you approach people assuming they're going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that, that's not a nice way to think about humanity, is it? <laughs> it's like we might stay at home. <laughs> I think that's a really poor attitude. <laughs> yeah, that's a very good point and well made. Um, excellent. Uh, Julie, brilliant. I love the stories. Um, and... Uh, 
yeah, I think there's lots of takeaways. Um, thank you so much for your time. Oh, uh, thank you for, for letting me sit here and just garble on. No, not, not at all. I mean, it, it, you, you did garble on, but in the very possible way, the best possible way, in that, like it was entertaining. <laughs> so, um, and from yeah. this, Julie, I've written down some rules for guests. Okay, so when you travel, what I got from you, Julie, is be open, don't yeah. overthink it, have a sense of wonderment, and try something new with gusto and an open mind. Oh, well summarized. Brilliant. Thanks, Julie. Okay, thank you. Bye. Do you have a travel or hospitality story you'd like to share on the guest cast? If so, head to theguestcast.com, send us a brief outline of your story, and we'll be in touch. And remember to subscribe to The Guest Cast on your favourite podcast app, leave us a five-star review, and say hello on our social media, at TouchStay on Twitter and Facebook, and at TouchStayWelcome on Instagram. This podcast was brought to you by TouchStay Digital Guidebooks. You can learn more about TouchStay and how they can help make your guests happier at touchstay.com.